Hey, this is a Hakawati production. Hi, friends. It's great to have you with us. Today is a good one. COVID 19 has been a time when we've all been reminded of the importance of healthcare workers. While most of us have had the luxury of working from home, doctors, nurses, and medical staff have continued to report to work every day, a place that's the very epicenter of the virus, where they're risking their own lives and those of their loved ones. But thanks to technology, there are new ways for doctors to do surgeries while self isolating, or even remotely from any country in the world without ever having to board an airplane, which of course is key these days. My next guest is the co founder and CEO of Proximy, a medical software company that has developed a way for surgeons to collaborate from anywhere in the world using everyday devices. It's been less than five years since she launched Proximy, but her software is already in over 80 hospitals in 30 countries and it's being used in over 300 surgeries per month. Joining us from London, where she's based, please welcome the amazing Nadine Hashash Haram. Hi, Nadine. Hi, how are you? Great. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for doing this. No, it's a real pleasure. I'm, I'm excited to be on the show. Thank you. You founded Proximy in 2015 as a result of a very specific situation where you identified a need for something like this. You were on a charity mission uh, in Beirut where you were fixing cleft lips because you're also a reconstructive plastic surgeon. And I heard some Iraqi doctors were supposed to come over to get trained in that kind of surgery, but they couldn't make it because the border suddenly closed, as they often do in this action packed part of the world. So um, <laughs> you came up with this idea that it would allow doctors in the Middle East, I guess at first, to collaborate, train, and learn using the basic resources that they already have available, like the tablets, the ba you know, basic internet connection. So that means that if only you have that equipment, um, even if your OR is running on a generator, for instance, which is often the case in the Middle East and in poorer countries, you can still be connected with the world's best doctors. But um, Proximy's first kind of moment of glory came in 2016 when your software was used to fix the hand of an 18 year old boy in Gaza. Can you tell me that story? Because it's a story that really resonated all around the world. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you for recalling the previous stories. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, at the heart of, of what we do and what I'm so passionate about is making sure that every single patient gets access to the best quality care. And the story I will tell you now is, is probably one of my proudest moments. It's one I talk about a lot, uh, and it's one that I hope uh, by the end of the story, you'll realize even more so why it's so important. So this was a, a boy, this was a Fadil. He was uh, you know, a young man, actually, and he was really the main breadwinner for his family. And unfortunately, uh, due to the situation, he'd suffer a bomb blast injury to his hand, which really made that dominant hand, his hand that he used to work, um, unusable. And so through that, it had a lot of implications for their family, their livelihood, but also for him mentally. And he was very, very frustrated with, with the situation that he was in. So a local doctor uh, was really kind of, you know, impacted by that case and wanted to find a way to help him. And so he'd heard about the work that we were doing uh, through the initial projects in Beirut. And he reached out and said, is there any way that you can help me? And all we needed with him said, do you have a tablet? Do you have some way that we can communicate with you? And he said, yes, absolutely. You know, most people around the world carry a smartphone or a tablet or a computer. And that's all we needed. And we were able to virtually join Dr. Hafiz as he was doing this case. And it was actually a doctor at AUBMC, a trauma surgeon, who we uh, enabled to join him. And they were able to 
go through that case step by step and by using the augmented reality tools through his hands, he was able to mimic the gestures that were needed to be able to proceed through that case. And what was amazing at the end of that case is we spoke to the doctor and the doctor said it felt as if he was standing right next to me. But more importantly, we spoke to Fadl after that operation and soon thereafter. Uh, and it was just so amazing and, and heartwarming to learn that he then moved to train to be a nurse. He felt so much benefit from, from the healthcare workers and the health system around him that it empowered him to think about how he could then give to his community. And so not only were we able to change uh, Fadl's life, we were also uh, in one shape or form able to change the lives of the community around him through the new skills that he was able to learn through nursing. So it was such a great story. And, you know, it's for me, Proximy is always about the stories. They're, you know, the technology is the tool, but these stories really are the things that keep me going and keep the team going. We're very mission driven. And that story still stays with me till this day. And, and it's one I, I recount time and time again. Actually, I watched the kind of documentary news story that Al Jazeera did on, on that. Um, and I also read the article. But the details of that story are also just so gripping because that boy uh, actually uh, was in his farm, in his field, and saw a metallic object, which he picked up because he thought he could sell it. Um, to, to, you know, bring money to his family. So, and it ended up being an unexploded, you know, grenade or something that exploded in his house in his hand. And he had his hand fixed, right? So this shows yes. you that, you know, you don't get the top quality care everywhere in the world. We take that for granted in places like Beirut or, you know, London. But they fixed his hand, but he couldn't open it completely. So he really needed this revision surgery in order for his hand to be fully, uh, you know, that he could use it properly and close his hand fully and grip stuff. Um, so that's what you guys were able to give him with that this surgeon um, in, in Beirut who was actually a post or a war uh, reconstructive surgery specialist that of, often traveled to Gaza, right? Is that, did I get all absolutely. those details right you're so, absolutely right the yeah. details are right yeah okay i just thought it was so interesting um and the fact that he became a nurse just makes it uh, just a sweet uh, icing on the cake so how important is telemedicine right now while we face covid19 and how is it being used exactly well i think it's a, it's a really good question and clearly the pandemic has arguably been one of the major catalysts that digital health has needed to think about how we finally really adopt these solutions en masse to change how we deliver healthcare. I think we've seen probably globally uh, a multi-thousand fold increase in the use of telemedicine and virtual clinics. And it's not to say that these are new technologies or new innovations that have just come to the fore with corona, but what it has done, it has accelerated the behavior change that was required to rapidly adopt these solutions. And so you know, one of the silver linings which we see and are seeing within uh, the, the COVID period and the post-COVID period is what, what has changed. And clearly what has changed is the behavior and the willingness to adopt solutions like telemedicine. Uh, so that, that is exciting uh, from that point of view because it ultimately makes healthcare more scalable, uh, more democratized to some extent, and uh, hopefully more efficient uh, where needed. Okay, but I mean, you can't do everything remotely, obviously, in medicine. You need to administer tests and examine patients. So what exactly kind of things is it being used for? I think it's a, that's a good point. And I think you can widen or broaden that discussion around the connected health paradigm. So telemedicine or telehealth is quite a broad term that's been used um, for, for many, many years, you know, decades, talking about, you know, connecting to people. 
But there's elements within that that can be as basic as, you know, having a virtual consultation. So being able to see a doctor or a nurse or a therapist on the other end and get some feedback uh, or discuss your case or your problem with them. But then it can get into things which is much more interactive, things that engage augmented reality and augmented reality tools like Proximy. Uh, And then to the other extreme is how do we think about remote monitoring and remote connection with our patients? And so we're seeing really the whole model of connected healthcare changing. And telemedicine is one tool within that toolbox that is about really being able to, you know, from home or from any connected device, really anywhere in the world, have a video consultation with your clinician or your doctor and be able to get some feedback about the care that you need. Yeah, but you'd still have to like physically go there and deliver samples for testing. Um, but I guess uh, this is useful for um, surgeries and, and helping uh, collaborating between uh, doctors and stuff. But when I think of augmented reality medicine, I imagine a room full of machines with like robotic hands doing surgeries. And I would imagine that this kind of system can cost in the millions of dollars because they do exist. And and I've seen images of that. But obviously, that's not what your company, Proximy, is about at all. You guys have actually figured out how to make augmented reality surgery more accessible. Can you explain how it works and what, what it's being used for? Absolutely. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll draw a picture for you and then hopefully that will, will demonstrate what we do. And then I, I think you, you touched on a few really important points, which I'll come back to. But I want you to sort of imagine a world where every surgeon had all the expertise and the information available to them in real time so that they could work to deliver the best surgical care for every patient every single time. And that's really the impetus behind what we do. As a, as a training surgeon, I was growing increasingly frustrated with the widening inequity in care that I had encountered around the world. And I wanted to think about how, in a very pragmatic and scalable way, we could use innovation and solutions like Proximy to empower surgeons, not to replace surgeons, but to empower them and augment them to virtually and practically collaborate. And you know, this was a variation that wasn't just existing in the developing world, but very much so in established health systems around the world. And so what we decided to do is to think about how we can allow clinicians and healthcare workers to use any device that they already have, any internet-connected device, to virtually scrub in, to coach and mentor and collaborate, and to do this in a seamless and simple way. And you know, at, at the heart of our company, we are very clinician-driven. You know, we want to deliver a very high quality multi-sensory experience and be that catalyst for virtual collaboration. But we want to do it in a way that is possible and pragmatic and possible today. And so we developed a software that works on low bandwidth with any internet connected device so that you can walk into an operating room and not really need any other hardware. You just need to log into the software. You go on Google Chrome or on your app and you're able to log in and you're able to invite other doctors and work with them through the case. So it could be on an iPad or or a phone even? Oh, completely. Okay. Anything, phone, tablet, computer, as well as a robot and the other uh, fancy devices you describe. And that's what I love about the solution. It's the same solution that doctors, you know, here in the UK and in the US are using that also healthcare workers in Ethiopia are using for ear assessments and training healthcare workers on how to, you know, manage simple problems like earwax. So it's about really bringing the solutions to drive the change that we need for um, variation in care around the world. So it, this whole idea of augmented reality surgery is really nothing new. Um, 
people have been using all kinds of software, especially uh, since we've had access to internet in developed countries uh, around the 2010s. So what's different about Proxmi, really? That's a really good question and, and one that, you know, I think is important to answer because what we try to do first and foremost is to ensure that we are creating a solution or a software that delivered multiple elements of value for the surgeon that really spanned the, the, the lifetime of the surgeon. So in surgery, we're often taught things in quite siloed manners. So it's, you know, see one, do one, teach one is often what we're, uh, what we're taught. What Proximy does is it connects those dots into what we call the three Ps, which is prepare, perform, and perfect. And through this solution, where we have some proprietary technology, of course, and some patents, you're able to virtually scrub into live cases to visually and practically interact with the surgeons and collaborate. You're then able to use that same software to record and engage with your own cases as you're doing them to be proctored remotely. And we have so many cases, you know, just last week we had a surgeon from the US dialed in to a difficult complex cancer case here at my hospital in London as they were working through that case through the technology. And then everything that is happening is tagged and stored into a library that you can come back and review for later. And so what we've done is we've really created a paradigm shift by bringing the best of telecommunications, the best of augmented reality, and then on top of that layered artificial intelligence that is deriving a lot of insights and information on performance and how we're doing cases to then feed that back into the clinical care and clinical pathway. And so that is really all happening on simple internet-connected devices, which has really never happened before on low bandwidth. So when I was watching, because it's hard for you to really describe how it works without showing it. It's, you know, like when you play a game and you read the instructions and it's like, <laughs> doesn't mean anything until you play it. That's how this is. But what, what struck yeah. me, even from this uh, 2016 case in Gaza, where they filmed the doctors actually working together, is that the doctor in Beirut had a pen in his hand and with a camera on his hand, and he was guiding the other surgeon, like drawing on the screen where the cuts should be and And it was layering it over the patient's hand in Gaza so that he could really follow the exact traces. Yeah, and, that, and the, the great thing about that is we built it to have very low, if any, latency. I mean, everything has a bit of latency when it's over the internet. But we have latency that's like less than 200 milliseconds, which means the naked eye, you know, you're not going to actually pick that up. And so it's very real time. And you find that that experience uh, in a way that's layering not only the annotations or the markings, but you can take images and 3D recons and overlay it into the surgical field. So even within my practice, I'm able to take the patient's scan and I'm able to layer it in real time onto the patient. And it helps me in, in my process and how I'm doing the case. And doing all of that in that scenario on low bandwidth, low latency, and internet, any internet connected device that you own has never been done. And I think that has been the reason why Proximy has scaled and deployed so quickly. I think the reasons are, one, we really understand clinical workforce and how clinical pathways are designed. We understand the mind of the clinician, and we take a really iterative process in getting feedback from them to try and improve that. And ultimately, we know how to deploy into health systems because you can have the most sophisticated technology, but if you can't get it into operating rooms, it doesn't help. And so we are deploying you know, tens and tens of hospitals on a monthly basis, and we're you know, in over 80 to 100 hospitals around the world at the moment in 30 countries. So, and we're a small team doing that. And that, I think, is because of the value that we deliver. Yeah, I was actually just going to ask you that question. So is it really just mainly about the product or also the way you market it? And so how are you marketing it to have it grow so quickly? I think ultimately it has to be about value. 
if you are showing and, and, and convincing people that the solution is bringing value, value and connection, value and reducing complications and value and need, reducing need to travel, then people will adopt it. If you're, you know, I think people are beyond the state of kind of hype and, 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 and marketing of that sense. I think they really want to see uh, the benefit and the proof. So that, you know, we're very quick to demonstrate the proof, the value. We publish a lot of clinical articles to show the benefit. And we very much seek the surgeon champion. I mean, there's a great book I read a few years ago called Crossing the Chasm. And it's very much about how do you drive adoption within a, within a population or within a group. And it's ultimately going to be about being convinced that they're getting something out of it. And, you know, we're, we work very hard to ensure that we communicate it at that level. We, we try not to come across as a commercial in that sense, because, you know, we're really mission driven in improving surgery. And that resonates and people pick that up. Okay, so obviously we can see how useful the technology is in a place like the Middle East, where you have war zones and under-equipped medical centers, as you mentioned at the beginning. I know that last year, for instance, um, you guys got a multi-year contract with the UK's Royal Navy RAF uh, field hospitals and ships, which are all around the world, which is really cool. Is that right? Yeah, we went through quite a competitive tender uh, with the UK military, so the Ministry of Defense. And we competed with a lot of the, the big sort of tech giants. And we were successful in that tender for many reasons. But, but ultimately, it was because of the scalability, the security that we had built into it from a compliance point of view, and also the simplicity. You know, people want something that you can almost put in a backpack or a rucksack and take out into the field. Uh, and that has been a very exciting partnership for us. And it's already been tested and used uh, in Oman and Safe Syria and one of their camp hospitals. Uh, and they continue to to work to deploy that uh, more globally. So it seems like an ideal product for those kinds of situations. But how is it being applied in other countries around the globe, uh, in regular medical centers and hospitals? And how does it compete with the systems they already have in place? Uh, what advantages does it bring to them who don't really need to have this ease of portability? Maybe they have other things that are important to them. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And I, I think the first and foremost variation in access and care isn't a problem that's siloed in the developing world. We see it here and in, in, in the UK, uh, globally, uh, around the world, in the US and Europe. And what we're finding is the, the use cases are ultimately about how do we scale new techniques and devices and ensure that they're being used safely and effectively. So we work with over 25 medical device companies around the world, helping them launch new products deploy new products and train doctors and nurses on using their products. We also work with surgical societies and associations who are trying to really think about better learning experiences and virtual learning and virtual connectivity. So we, we just signed, for example, today we're announcing a partnership with ASSET, which is the Association of Surgeons in Training. That's 3,700 surgeons around the country who will be proxima users as they prepare, perform, and perfect their skills. But also, it's about delivery of care. And as you know, you know, health systems are, to some extent, centralized. So you may have a big teaching hospital that offers a lot of services, and you may have some peripheral hospitals that don't have all the specialties on site. And traditionally, patients have had to travel back and forth, or doctors, to try and deliver that care. Or sometimes, unfortunately, they don't have access to that care. And so what Proxima is doing is helping deliver and deploy that care to those centers. And we work with a lot of health systems here and in the U.S. to do that uh, as well. And the way I, I often describe it is we're crowdsourcing all the expertise to the platform and then we're exponentially transmitting it to wherever it's needed. 
Well, congratulations on that uh, great news. That's super exciting. And um, thank you. I'm really happy for you guys. So technically, you could also use Proximy like in space, right? How does NASA usually do surgeries in space? And because obviously astronauts are there for months at a time, and I'm sure sometimes they, you know, have nicks and cuts or, you know, emergency situations. Do you know how they do surgery now? And have you thought about like getting in touch with like Elon Musk at SpaceX? Because I feel like <laughs> you guys would be perfect for them. <laughs> It's really interesting that you mentioned that. Uh, we have been having some discussions around that with some of the space agencies. Um, but at this stage, not not much I can announce now, but definitely we've been having some discussions around that. And ultimately, we've built this platform to work on all kinds of connectivity, right? So 3G, 4G, 5G. What do they have also, in space? Uh, low, low, so satellites, so satellite connectivity. Okay. And so we have the ability to deliver Proxy on that as well. So there is some work and some projects that we're in the process of, of working on that hopefully Uh, will we'll meet the uh, the request. But definitely, uh, you know, today there have been elements, I mean, they call it telesurgery or connected surgery that can use just simple audiovisual uh, connection. And we feel that this is really taking it to that next level, which is more immersive and multisensory. Super cool. So I noticed that Proximy is being used in the U.S., Um, where everything is highly regulated and they're also very proprietary. They like to use U.S.-made technology whenever possible. So how have you managed to break into these other markets? So, And like, what special thing are you doing to crack doors open and eventually get them to swing wide open, which obviously you're doing? I think, for, uh, first of all, we, you know, we understand the compliances of different areas. And I think having a good knowledge of the compliance and regulations within different uh, geographic regions is essential. So Proximy is fully HIPAA, fully GDPR compliant, and we also deploy safely uh, within data centers as required. So just on a technical level, we have definitely thought about that. And that is something that uh, holds us in, in, in good shape from that point of view. The second bit that we did is very early on, we engaged with surgeons as our champions. So we identified surgeons who are really interested in taking uh, solutions like Proximy to drive their practice, uh, drive collaboration, and think about how to change the paradigm of surgery. And so they have been our sort of surgical champions uh, dotted around the US and globally that have helped us enter into uh, different organizations, different societies and associations that are helping drive and, and spread the word. You know, we, we, we recognize that we can't do it all on our own. So it's very much about trying to get an army of champions that can be those uh, those evangelists for this kind of technology and how we drive it forward. And more recently, we hired some people in the U.S. Uh, to help us do even more. And it's been amazing to see just in a few months what they've managed to achieve. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're in at least 10 to 15 health systems in the U.S. and looking to scale that now. Do you mean like a sales team in the U.S.? Yes. So we have uh, an office in the U.S. and we have uh, a number of, of team members there as well. How many are you in total at Proximy? We are 37 at the moment. That's huge. Uh, so a nice big family. Yes. Yeah. Uh, very lucky. Uh, honestly, I think, you know, this is, it's all about the team. You know, these, these amazing solutions need the, the right team and the right people to deliver them. And I, I am very lucky every single day for every single person at Proximy that works with us. So it sounds like your edge really is kind of the ease of use and the accessibility that makes it really easy for people to adopt. But um, 
that's what I'm getting from it anyways. We know that technology in general is kind of on fast forward right now with COVID-19, but what about health tech? Is there like a spike in interest from the finance sector? Because this is an important part of, you know, everything you're doing in terms of growing the business. Are investors more interested these days? Absolutely. And I think this is really health tech's time. Uh, You know, there are so many different sectors often that investors are looking at. And of course, each of them have their their risk, you know, risk benefit levels, and each of them, uh, you know, have an appetite for which sector they want to invest in. But ultimately, what we're seeing is some of those really more difficult sectors like health and health tech, they're slightly more complex, just because of the different stakeholders often engaged in them are definitely getting a very good uh, push now. And COVID, the silver lining in it is that it is really kind of blown the doors open to say, you know, we need to drive these innovations forward. We need to deliver uh, a lot of these digital solutions that are going to help us deliver care where travel is limited, where uh, physical proximity is limited. And there's definitely been an interest from a lot of investors to invest in this space. Uh, And I, I think it's fair to say from at least the discussions I've had with investors, you know, Despite some of the economic challenges and, and portfolio challenges, they are still looking at new investments. And, and health tech is definitely one of those sectors that they're looking at. Do you still practice as a surgeon? I do. Uh, I am very passionate about the care I deliver as well to my patients. So my clinical practice is uh, mainly based around uh, breast and pelvic cancer reconstruction. And I still practice uh, a number of days a month. Okay, that that sounds like a very intense lifestyle right now. Uh, but you grew up in Lebanon. Uh, do you think you could have come this far if you had launched Proximy in the Middle East? So we started there. We did our initial proof points there. You know, AUBMC was a massive uh, supporter and a really great area for us to to really test out a lot of our processes and pathways through it. Uh, so I, I think that is important. I think also being from the Middle East, you know, you're you're often raised with a, a sense of kind of grit and perseverance, and you sort of have this drive to sort of make change and really drive change. So you know. I think a lot of those things have helped make Proximy the success that it is. Um, and, and half our team is based in Beirut. You know, a lot of our engineers are in Beirut. Um, some of our sales and implementation team are based there. And they are such an important and critical component of Proximy. So I would say that you know we, we launched probably out of both, really, out of the Middle East and out of Europe. And it's the combination that has made this a success so far. I think you really hit an interesting point about the kind of grit and determination of um, people from this region, especially Lebanon, for some reason. Um, and I know that you're very hardworking and determined. And I've heard, you know, we have friends in common. But I have, to, I have to ask you this, too. Do you think that being a woman has affected your success in any way, positive or negative? I definitely have found support all throughout the way through my journey. I would love to see more women in these roles and I would love to see more gender diversity within companies. But I think that sometimes also has to start at a slightly earlier grassroots level where we're encouraging more girls to go into engineering and coding and a lot of those elements so that they are available on the job market so that they can then be hired into these roles. And I'm really trying very hard wherever possible to try and support some of those initiatives. I also think, you know, it has been positive for us as a company uh, to have a female uh, CEO and a female surgeon, uh, because we we can show you know what's possible, and we've shown that women can strive and thrive in these environments. So, um, you know, I've, I've had a great experience so far, but I definitely would love to see more women in these roles, and I've been trying to play my part through different initiatives and boards to try and do that. Actually, um, I was surprised. I read recently that women are. Um, 
are part of many of the startups currently in the Middle East, the majority of them, in fact. However, they're not very well represented in uh, corporations. So um, there are two things happening at the same time simultaneously. And I know also that uh, funding groups are giving preferential treatment for some reason to minorities and women, which is a great thing. Um, But definitely that's enabling more women to uh, rise uh, in that uh, in that realm. Um, So what's next for you guys? I think now, you know, we're seeing so much that's coming out of this. On the technology side, there's a lot more things that we have in the pipeline that we want to deliver. But more importantly, it's continuing to scale this more globally. So really, our earlier years were focused on Europe and the Middle East, and we will continue to kind of land and expand within these areas. But now we're definitely doing a big push in the U.S. uh, and, and exploring options around Latin America and APAC. And probably worth mentioning as well is, you know, global health has always been something I'm very passionate about. And, and recently, we, you know, we brought in someone very senior to help run and, and help develop the global health element, the CSR element of Proximy. So we hope in the coming years, we'll continue to see more scale and more usage in the developed world, but more of that as well in the developing world. So we're looking at projects in Kenya at the moment, and, uh, uh, and hopefully those can, can add value to those regions. Well, that's fantastic. And congratulations. It's really been a pleasure getting to know Thank your you story so better and get and speaking with you today. That's it, you guys. I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you did, even just a little bit, be sure to subscribe. Also, I know that no one's really in shopping mode these days, but be sure to check out my TMR accessories on our website, themensroom.show. Everything there is handmade in Lebanon, including the leather and silver shark tooth necklace that's molded from an actual prehistoric shark tooth made in collaboration with local craftsmen. So that's a great way to help support small business in the region and in Lebanon, and also to show off your incredible sense of style. See you next time.